This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and we had a great summer pairing of Kamomi Winery, Michael Franti Music at the Soul Shine concert. But speaking of great summer pairings, at our house, we love to grill out back, and I'm thinking you probably do too, but... There are some secrets of grilling that I'm not sure you know, and I certainly didn't, but I'm here with my better half, Chef Michael Forrester. We team up on the blog, He Cooks, She Wines. He is a classically trained chef, but also a great griller at home. So I thought, Michael, we'd have you here because I think most people think they can fire up their grill, throw some food on, and it's easy. Well, it is pretty easy, but there's a couple little secrets that chefs know not everybody else knows so uh, i'm ready to to divulge some of those secrets all right well recently i actually tried grilling myself we have a new grill you got for father's day (laughs) but i was kind of surprised when i started asking you questions to help me do better um while i'm grilling first off you should just fire up the grill put it on high and be done with it, right? No, no, <laughs> that's not how you do it at all. You uh, preheat the grill high, and then once you put the food on the grill, you turn it down to low. Uh, cooking on a grill is all about low and slow. Mm. Um, you want to sear the, the meat on high, but you want to cook it on low. So that's why preheat high, turn it down to low as soon as you're putting the food on. All right, so you preheat it on high, but as soon as you're throwing that chicken or the burger on there, you're turning it down to low. Yes. And you'll still be able to get the sear on both sides at low. Yes, you will. Uh, you're, you're basically, you're trapping the heat in because that's the next tip is you always want to cook with the lid closed. Mm. Once you start opening the lid or leaving it open, you're losing all your heat, so you're not getting any heat in there. It's going to be a very low heat. Um, you want to kind of keep that heat in there by keeping the lid closed and it will circulate around the meat and it will sear all the, the meat to all the juices into the meat. Okay. So when we go to parties, backyard grilling, I always see that guy at the grill with the lid up, <laughs> just moving those burgers around every five seconds, maybe too interactive with the grill. So you're saying that it's counterproductive. It's very counterproductive. Um, you never want to move the, the food on the grill before it's ready to be moved. And that'll take a couple minutes. So you put the food on, you close the lid, and you just let it be. You, once you start moving that food around, your hamburger is going to start crumbling. Your chicken's going to shred like it's pulled chicken or something. Um, you just you put it on the grill, and you just let it sit. That's going to sear the meat in, and it's going to give it a nice base to hold together when you do go to try to move it. Mm, Very interesting. Okay, so when you were at work, I was doing some of this grilling, and I actually was spraying the grill with Pam, which I got in trouble for later. So you don't believe in this. So if you're not going to spray the grill with Pam, which a lot of people seem to be doing wherever I go, how are you lubricating that surface on the grill so that all the food isn't getting stuck there? Um, well, if you've ever sprayed the grill with Pam with the fire on underneath it, you'll, you'll <laughs> get a big fireball. Uh, not good. So what you want to do is you, you want to oil your meat or oil whatever you're putting on your grill, not oil your grill. 
you can oil your grill, but you, what you're going to do is you're going to dunk a rag in oil and wipe the grill down with that oil. What I do instead is I'll oil my meat. Most of it is going to have some kind of oil on it anyway because I tend to marinate a lot. But if I'm doing burgers, I'm not marinating burgers, so I'll just rub it lightly with olive oil on the outside and then put it on the grill. Mm. So we preheat high, turn to low. You use the oil on the protein itself rather than on the grill. And you talked to us about keeping that lid closed and not moving things around. But eventually you do have to move. Flip your burger, flip your chicken, fish, whatever you're cooking. Uh, what kind of tools or how is this best achieved? Uh, the best way to, to move anything on a grill is going to be with a, uh, a spatula. And what you do with your spatula, and it sounds counterproductive, but you turn your spatula upside down. So the bottom of the spatula is kind of facing you and you slide it underneath the whatever proteins on the grill. Um, if it's burgers, if it's chicken, and that's gonna help it kind of slowly pry it away from the grill as opposed to ripping it off and tearing up your, your protein on the grill. So flip the spatula upside down, kind of shimmy it under there, nice and slow, and it'll, you'll get a better result. I like that. All right. Well, we just got done with the Forrester Day family reunion up in Long Island. <laughs> and I actually was in charge of making burgers, which I, I can't say I've done too many times. <laughs> but I know you have, just in burger making, some things that you kind of stick to, you that you believe make the best burgers. So give us some tips on burger making. Uh, burger making, it's not that difficult. It's actually pretty simple, but they're the little things, the simple things are always the hardest to make it perfect. So one of the things you want to do is you want to start with a good meat. And I always like to have a good amount of fat in the meat. So I always do an 80-20, which is 80% meat, 20% fat. That's what people are going to say. Well, I'm trying to watch my weight. It's going to melt out. All, <laughs> most of the fat is going to melt out of that burger. It's it's going to be probably the same amount of fat as would be left in a 90-10 mix or something like that. But you're going to end up with a much juicier burger. And for us novices, where do you see this 80-20 indication? It, it'll say right on the la label. It'll say 80-20. It'll say... 86 6 or okay. 14 whatever it is it, it's always right there on the label in the grocery store it's not something special you need to go order and it's actually cheaper the 80 20 and why not just get frozen ready-made or unfrozen ready-made burgers what's wrong with that uh because they're not seasoned you know season seasoning is a very personal taste but Chefs always tend to season higher than most home cooks because they know that just something as simple as salt and pepper is going to bring out the flavor of the meat. Mm. So I always will buy my chopped meat in the big pack and then mix it with whatever seasoning I want in there. Um, I, I always season with salt and pepper or something that has salt and pepper in it. Depending on my day, I'll put ketchup in there. I'll put barbecue sauce in there. Something that sounds a little weird, but mixing mayonnaise in there. 
it actually it helps flavor the burger and it helps keep it nice and moist nice all right and then when you're actually forming the burger we have one more quick tip before we have to go to the break there's a little process that i was taught over the weekend what do you say about forming the burger when you're forming that burger you want to make it like perfectly round and that's just more the german in me than anything else you know i'm very a stickler <laughs> for um but when you're doing it push the middle down like dimple the middle of your burger because if you ever watched burgers cook the middle always rises up before or and the outsides kind of tend to stay exactly where you put them so by dimpling the middle of that burger you're going to have a more evenly cooked burger it's going to cook all the way through and the dimple will rise up so it'll be a nice flat burger so you can actually put stuff on the top instead of having it just slide off so it's no longer a big meatball in your roll <laughs> it's a actual burger all right well those are amazing tips for grilling this summer chef forrester if folks want to get more of your recipes and check out some of your videos about cooking the perfect steak etc where should they go they should go to hecookssheewines.com it's all one word uh, and I try to post recipes there every week. Great. Thank you so much. We'll be right back with The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I've had so much fun with our summer wine pairings, music, Kamomi Winery, and great grilling tips from Chef Forrester. Don't forget, my Something to Wine About Wine and Comedy show at Vandiver Inn in Havre de Grace is August 8th. That's Friday, August 8th. If you want to check it out, go to vandiverinn.com or just go to thewinecoach.com and click on my event calendar. We'd love to have you out for some great wine, great food, and lots of laughs. But if you're just looking to go and have lots of laughs and great food and wine, you might want to check out the Oregon Grill. You want to call them at 410-771-0505 and they have a great patio outside, pan-fried rockfish, one of my favorites, some dry-aged prime sirloin, and it's not just dinner there. You can do lunch if you'd like to do a leisurely lunch and check out their extensive wine list, either in the dining room or in the bar, where every night they have amazing specials. Tuesday is my favorite, 25% off all wine. That's amazing. Anyway, give them a call at 410-771-0505 or go to theoregongrill.com. Hope to see you there. Next week, we're going to be back with the recipe for a delicious life. Special thanks, as always, to Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, Wine World, Highland Wine and Spirits, and the Oregon Grill.